This PowerPoint is designed to prepare you for your skin physical assessment as well as your ENT physical assessment which you will perform in lab this coming week. First, we'll talk about the integument system, or um, commonly known as the skin. So doing a skin assessment. When we think about doing a skin assessment, I want you to think back to your original PowerPoint a few weeks ago about techniques and assessment. You guys talked about ways to assess. So we have subjective and objective data. We're looking with our eyes. We're potentially touching, which would be palpation and inspection. We might, be, we might use our nose or our eyes. That's all part of assessment. So particularly when we talk about the skin, we're looking for symmetry. Are things the same from head to toe? Do you notice that your patient's legs are really red? Or maybe you notice pallor, maybe they're pale. Do you notice jaundice or yellowing of the skin? Is it in a certain location or is it from head to toe? Is the patient's skin consistent with their ethnicity? So again, all of that is part of symmetry. As we talk about symmetry and we go from the head to the toe, looking at the color, we also wanna look at hair distribution and any lesions or wounds that we may notice on a patient. As we're moving from head to toe, we want to use our hands and inspect the skin. If you remember back to one of our first simulations, the mannequin had moisture on his forehead. That is an assessment point. So assess for temperature, assess for skin texture. Maybe you notice edema or swelling. Assess for moisture. Is the patient's skin moist? Is the patient's skin dry? Continue to assess for skin turgor. With skin turgor, you're going to pinch a little bit of that patient's skin, not hard, but just enough to see if the elasticity is there and it pops back. Edema, a patient that has a lot of swelling or edema, you're not going to be able to get um, presence of good skin turgor on a patient with edema. And again, we're noting for lesions or areas where the skin is broken. And as we think specifically about, about lesions, we wanna look at the size, the shape, the color, the texture. Are there any specific characteristics? Do you notice scabbing? Do you notice exudate or pus coming out of the wound? Is it tender? These are things that are important to assess, to note, to chart. So as you're doing your head to toe assessment for us in the lab, you're going to start with the head and you're going to move down. And you'll say a phrase like, I am inspecting the skin for color. I am noting if there's any variations in the color. I do not note the skin as jaundice. I do not note that the skin is pale. The skin is consistent with ethnicity. I'm continuing to assess my patient from head to toe. I'm assessing for temperature and moisture. I'm assessing for skin turgor and edema. I'm assessing for any lesions. I will note their size, their shape, their color, their texture, whether or not exudate is present and if they're tender. This is an example of how you will do that, that head to toe a skin assessment um, that's coming up this week. In addition, as you go down from your patient from head to toe, you're going to look at hair. So we'll talk a little more, more in detail about this, but we're looking at hair at the top of their head, but not just at the top of the head. We wanna go from head to toe. So what sort of distribution do we notice? Um, do you notice that there is hair present on one leg and not the other? 
do you notice that maybe um, hair on their head, maybe there's parasites? Or what about quantity? Is this a client that maybe doesn't have any hair? As we continue our head to toe assessment, we're also going to look at their patient's nails. So you're moving from head to toe, you are trying to remember all of this at once, and I know that's a little stressful for you, but just try to think about as you go down your patient, what are you going to be looking for? So you go down their arms and you get to their fingernails. Let's go ahead and check. What is the color of their fingernails? They should have um, consistent with their ethnicity color. So a light pink, um, a fingernail bed, um, even for darker skin ethnicities, we should see a little bit of pink in the finger, um, the fingernail bed. What's the shape? As we start to talk about processes such as COPD, we find that the fingers become clubbed, and we'll look at some pictures of that one a little bit. Are the nails thick? Are there any lesions? What's the capillary refill? When we press on the nail and we let go, does the blood fill back up the fingernail in less than three seconds, or is it longer? If it's longer, it may indicate this patient has some sort of um, respiratory um, impairment. So we're going to look at some pictures here of some of these things that I just talked about. Again, I want to encourage you, as you're in the lab on Monday and you're going down from head to toe, Think about each one of these steps. As you start on the head, look at that hair. Think about the distribution of the hair. Are there any parasites? Are there any lesions on the scalp? And then as you move down to the face, you're looking at the color of the patient's skin. You're looking for um, temperature, moisture. Um, as we move down, the clavicle area, right above the clavicle bone, is a fantastic place to check that skin turgor. When you pinch a tiny bit of skin up, does it tint? Does it stay there? Does it pop right back? What's that patient's skin turgor? As we continue to move down the chest, again, we're checking for symmetry. Is the color consistent? Is the hair distribution consistent? Do you see any lesions? If you do see lesions, think about those points of size, shape, color, um, exudate, tenderness. We're moving down the chest, we're moving down the back, and we're moving down the arms. As we move down the arms, we're looking at those fingernails. Then we're moving down our patient's legs, front and back, and again, we're checking for that hair distribution. Commonly, hair distribution can, can be altered on the legs. It's a sign of decreased perfusion. So that's something that you really want to check. And don't forget the feet and the toenails. This is an area that you may find um, edema, you may find pallor, you may find temperature changes, you may find um, changes with the patient's nail beds. So make sure that you're checking really well from head to toe as you go down. So let's look at a few pictures now. This first picture here is a patient that is jaundice. As you can see, there's yellowing to the skin. And this is a sign um, generally of some of liver impairment, um, but it can be caused from various reasons. But what I really want you to know is the jaundice in the skin. Now, as we talk about eyes and mucous membranes, you can actually see that yellowing in the mucous membranes and in the eyes as well. All right, um, what about here? This is some erythema or redness, okay? The word erythema is congruent with the word redness, right? So make sure when we are using medical terms that we're, we're, we're you know, referring to things like erythema rather than redness. 
You may notice that your patient has some scarring or some abnormal patterns in their skin. It's okay to ask what happened. Okay, this patient I would assume probably has had some burns at some point in their life. So it's important when we see these color variations or we see scars or lesions that we ask um, maybe what that history is, why those lesions or scars or color variations are there. Right? And then on this patient we also have some color variations and some of those are just normal to ethnicity and just need to be documented. When we talk about erythemia um, or skin redness, this is an example here. And as you get into your tissue integrity lecture, you guys are going to talk a lot more about this. But basically, we want to look for areas of redness. And one thing that's really important to do is test for blanching. Right? So when you press down, does the redness go away? or does it stay? And that's how we test for, um, for blanching. Right? So again, if you press down and the skin turns pale or white, um, then that's, that's blanching versus non-blanching wounds. It's not going to change. Non-blanchable erythema indicates the skin has been damaged by pressure. Generally, patients on bed rest or they're immobile, they're at a higher risk. So we need to make sure that we're paying extra attention, uh, especially the skin that covers bony prominences, such as their elbows, their heels, their hips, their coccyx. If we start to see signs of erythema, it should be documented, and we should go ahead and have some nursing interventions to prevent further breakdown. If you notice here in this picture with the heel, we talked about those lesions, things that we need to document, the color. Um, you can see here that this is being measured. Right? So anytime we find an abnormality, we need to make sure that we're thoroughly documenting what it looks like. Paint a picture. Skin turgor. So if you remember me talking about pinching the skin up and the tinting, this lady's arm here, this elderly lady, as we get older, we lose elasticity in our skin. Um, elderly patients tend to just be chronically dehydrated. So you are going to see generally some tinting. Again, another good place to look is the clavicle bone. But as you're doing that head to toe assessment, this is a great thing to go ahead and do again on the arm. And then we also have edema. So I give you a picture here of what's called pitting edema. You can see that there's different stages of edema, and we'll see that more and more when we talk about congestive heart failure, for instance. But when you notice um, edema or swelling on a patient, we can press our finger and then let go. And when we let go, we see how far in and how long it takes for that um, skin to return to normal. Skin lesions. Skin lesions can vary. They look different on everyone. Um, there are so many different skin lesions out there. So this first example here is of a patient that has some acne. You'll notice there's still some scarring. There's some um, open, active lesions. This patient here is covered in vesicles, similar to chicken pox. This patient here just has an open skin wound. Okay, so with this lesion, when we talk about documenting lesions, we may want to measure this lesion. We would want to describe this lesion. You see there's some crusting here. Maybe it's, this lesion is oozing some blood, perhaps. It's probably tender to touch. And then where's the location? Is this on a patient's leg? Is it on their arm? Where is this lesion found? 
And then this skin lesion here, this is a good example of a little abscess with some exudate or some pus coming out of it. And also don't forget to describe the quality of, of pus. Is it yellow? Is it green? Um, is it, you know, uh, is it red with blood in it? Um, think about the different types of um, colors and um, exudate that you can describe. So we've assessed our patient from head to toe. We are working down the arms. We have worked the chest and the back. Now we are looking at the nails. This right here is an example of a clubbed finger. Again, we typically see this in patients that have COPD um, or that smoke. Smoke patients that smoke also will have clubbing of their fingers. You can see here this is a normal angle versus a distorted angle. Make sure you assess the toes. Do you notice toenails are long? Do you notice any signs of infection? Right. Make sure you look at the nail edges. Ragged nail edges like this may suggest a fungal infection. Right. And again, don't forget to check that cap refill. The nail color should return um, to a normal color within two to three seconds. A delayed cap refill of greater than three seconds indicates that there is some sort of decreased tissue perfusion. It needs to be documented and it's a nursing intervention that also needs to be looked into. So let's talk about the hair. This isn't exactly in order here, um, but as we're going down the body, remember we're noticing presence of hair everywhere. It's going to be the arms, it's going to be the legs, and when we first started our head-to-toe assessment, we would have assessed that patient's hair. Right? You want to note any parasites. In this picture here, this patient has lice, or maybe no hair at all. Okay? Maybe our patient is, um, maybe our patient doesn't have hair, maybe they are recovering from cancer treatments. Maybe they have chosen to shave their head, but you want to look at that hair distribution and make a note of that. And that is your head to toe assessment for skin and hair. Next, we will talk about the eyes, ears, nose, and throat.